Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Business View. All right, here's a look at how markets wrapped up and we had a pretty flat session. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average inched lower by 50 points or 0.1%. And you've got the S&P 500 also slightly down 0.04%. And the Nasdaq Composite down 0.4%. And of course, in focus is the JP Morgan Chase purchase of First Republic. So they emerged as the winner of the weekend auction for the struggling bank. For more insights into the market action, we've got Mark Matthews. He is the Managing Director and Head of Research for Asia for Julius Baer. Morning, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Ryan, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's a lot to unpack in the coming days. It's quite a busy week. We've got FOMC in action. And of course, a lot of focus on what will be the, I guess, ripple effects from what's playing out in the U.S. banking sector. So let's start there first. First Republic Bank, a lot of question marks being raised in the wake of the collapse of SBB, who would be next, and then First Republic Bank was seen as the weakest link. What can you tell us about how much this will do to soothe nerves in the market with First Republic Bank being bought by J.P. Morgan Chase? Well, if we just judge by last night's market action, it seems to have been quite helpful because when Silicon Valley Bank collapsed back in early March, you had a huge decline in treasury yields. For example, the two-year yield went from about 5% down to about 4% just in three days. And so a declining yield would be indicative that people think, you know, you're going into a recession, you're going to have some very bad crisis. Uh, well, overnight, uh, the two-year yield actually rose. Uh, I'm just looking at it now, 0.13 basis points. So it isn't falling. I don't want to uh, give your listeners unduly uh, pessimistic advice because I, I actually don't think this is a systemic issue. But uh, to your point that we started with Silicon Valley Bank and now we've had this First Republic, the numbers do add up. So the deposit insurance fund uh, at the beginning of this year had $128 billion. And Silicon Valley Bank, they had to put in 20. Uh, First Republic, they put in 13. They also put in two and a half into that um, New York Bank, uh, Signature Bank. So if you add those up, it's about 27% of the deposit insurance fund. And so, you know, the concern would be if these skeletons keep popping out of the closets, then when would it run down to zero? I don't mm. think that's going to happen, but, but you know, that's something, I guess, that uh, people are concerned about. Yeah, Mark, you mentioned it's not a systemic risk, but as you've seen in the quarterly results from First Republic, we saw deposits go down. So would you describe it as a bit of an overreaction from investors? Well, I guess so, yeah. I, th- I think uh, n- not so much the investors, but the depositors. Yes. But uh, there's a lot of moving parts to this issue, and, and it all stems from the fact that we had these incredibly low interest rates which um, uh, in First Republic's case, uh, they used to make uh, the so-called jumbo mortgage loans, enormous uh, mortgages to very wealthy people at extremely low interest rates. And then uh, when interest rates went up, uh, as the Fed raised rates, the value of those loans went down. Uh, San Francisco, or that Bay Area where they operate in alongside mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, uh, property prices, residential property prices there have gone down the most uh, uh, of any in the country. I think it's well uh, down 20%. So what I want to say is it is a special problem in the sense that those kind of jumbo loans 
in San Francisco. That's not something every bank in the country uh, was doing, of course. But I do think that, you know, there, there probably are other areas of the uh, banking sector that where you're going to have skeletons popping out of the closet because interest rates have gone up so quickly. And that's why the market's still a little bit uh, worried. Mm, that's right, Mark. So First Republic Bank being bought by J.P. Morgan Chase has become the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. And you've got J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon come out to say the collapse of First Republic is unlikely to worsen the U.S. economic outlook. So it does not change the odds of a recession. How much do you agree with him there, Mark? Well, I think he's right that First Republic in and of itself uh, looks like it, it has been contained. But the issue is, you know, what other uh, banks are out there that that have different kinds of problems? And uh, the issue that most people are concerned about is the commercial real estate market. And uh, once again, this, this links back to COVID with the work from home phenomenon. We in Singapore have largely returned to work, but that's not the case in the United States. And if you track, you know, those key cards that people use to get in and out of the office through the gantries on the uh, ground floor, uh, only about 50% of people are, are actually going back to work regularly compared to before COVID. And so people are worried that offices are going to shrink dramatically. You know, companies will shrink their floor space because they recognize that their people just aren't coming back to work. And and therefore, you know, the companies that have lent to these uh, office towers, they they might, you know, the banks that have done this lending, which are mostly regional banks, by the way, could uh, have some problems as a result of that. Yeah, so of course, we talked about what's coming up this week. One of them is the FOMC meeting. Where does this leave the Fed when it comes to what am I guide for in the coming quarters? Well, based on last night's um, market action, I think they should be comfortable with raising by 25 basis points if that's indeed what they want to do. And they've been telegraphing that message to us that that's what they want to do. Uh, Because as I said, you didn't get a big collapse in Treasury uh, yields last night like you did during Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, But the important thing is what the chairman, Jerome Powell, says in the press conference that will follow their meeting. And uh, I guess the way I'd... uh, say it is he has uh, surprised people by being more hawkish than they wanted him to be in his previous press conferences and and the market didn't like that so i think by now the market's actually grown used to him being surprisingly hawkish at his press conferences and so if this one coming up on wednesday he goes through the press conference without saying anything surprisingly hawkish then the market would go up. But I really can't say what he's going to say. No, we'll <laughs> find out. It is a press conference, and often he's spontaneous. And what I would say is the Wall Street Journal's uh, journalist, Nick Timorous, who's considered to be a, sort of a close contact to the Federal Reserve, wrote an article last night in the Wall Street Journal saying the Fed is set to raise interest rates at its meeting this week and then debate a pause. That's what uh, the Wall Street Journal carried overnight. Okay, and just to wrap things up quickly, Mark, uh, what do you like about the earnings season so far and what do you not like? I like the fact that we went into the earnings season expecting the first quarter earnings to be down 6.7% year on year. And now that uh, 53% of the S&P 500 companies have reported, uh, that uh, has shrunk down to just a 3.7% decline year on year. Uh, if you combine the actual reported results plus what analysts are uh, expecting for the remaining 47%. So if the remaining 47%, kind of the trend remains the same where they're beating 
forecast, then we could have a situation by the end of the earnings season where uh, growth actually turns out to be zero instead of minus 6.7, which, of course, would be a very positive thing. And uh, I guess what I don't like is that what's really been driving it is the big technology companies, and, and they're all out of the way. So the remaining companies, we just don't know if they'll beat expectations by as much because the big technology companies had lots of costs that they could cut, and they did cut to improve their earnings. All right, that's Mark Matthews. He's the Managing Director and Head of Research for Asia at Julius Baer. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Mark. And that is your market update. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.